Hello, friends. This is your friend, Kent C. Dodds, and I'm excited to be joined again by my friend, Titus. Say hi, Titus. Hi, Titus. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right. So if you didn't already listen to the first episode that I had with Titus, we talked about um, open source and um, ASTs, and it was really interesting and fun. Uh, definitely listen to that because uh, that's where you get to know Titus a little bit. We're going to jump right into it and talk about native ESM. That stands for ECMAScript modules. So import, export. This may be the only way that you've ever written JavaScript before, but you may not realize that you're probably compiling those away to either CommonJS in Node or um, Webpack module system or whatever. Um, but ESM is here. It's super here. And um, we want to figure out how to make this, uh, how to make our code run with native ES modules. So anyway, um, Titus, can you give us a little intro to um, like the, the module space? Like why do we have different module formats and stuff like that? Um, yeah, so so I'm not. We're both not experts here, but uh, on ESM. So they're much more qualified people. But we both are users of this a lot. And I, as a maintainer, um, and you also as a maintainer, and also as an educator. And we're noticing that it's time to really start using ESM. Um, yeah. So okay, the module space. Well, I guess. In the beginning, <laughs> we had script tags, right? And you added a script tag to your HTML. And probably not everybody uh, like is from this time, but some people will remember. Um, and you just added more scripts. And uh, if you wanted to load jQuery and uh, some jQuery plugins, and then you had them all in the window namespace. You had those at var uh, as variables. Um, that worked pretty well, but it's kind of unmaintainable. It's a lot of code and you need to, and a lot of scripts and you need to minify all that. And so there wasn't like a real um, module format. And then qua uh, came uh, require.js, which is different than the require that you know from Node. Um, and that was, yeah, so it wasn't, uh, async function that you could give it a path, a path to a file. It'll it 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 loaded that file async, and then you got that module as a in your callback. Then at the start of Node, I'm not sure if it was at the in the first release of Node, uh, CommonJS, but CommonJS isn't a Node only thing. There used to be alternatives to Node before, and I guess maybe they still exist. Um, and, and Deno is now also, I guess, an alternative to Node. Um, and, but what really made, made Node popular it, it is this great module uh, format called CommonJS and NPM as well, because it was so easy to reuse code. And you used to have like snippet folders, but now you have like, you can just import it from NPM. Much better. Um, but that didn't work in browsers. So if you wanted to use that uh, code on the front end, you needed to compile these things away because it wasn't actually JavaScript. It was something in Node. Um, well, and that's OK. So we're now at like 2015, I guess. And then the spec came with, OK, we're going to do modules. And we're going to import and export things. and that's ESM. So the plan for that was made in 2015. And well, now it's six years later and it's been <laughs> specced and it, it works in most places. 
and especially on April 30, the last node will uh, be end of life um, on that date. And that means that node 12 and 14, and I guess 16 is coming out around that time as well. So all those node versions will support ESM out of the box. Um, so we're finally here. We are finally at this beautiful moment where ESM works and you don't need to compile it away. You can, of, of course, often it's, it's useful to minify your code, but you don't have to. Um, yeah, that's the background, I guess. It's here. Yeah, it, totally. Uh, so um, I remember early on when, um, when Babel supported ESM and it, uh, like at the very start, um, I think it was Babel 5, maybe, um, that I, uh, I, I started with 65, actually. Yeah. Um, and I was compiling, and I was happy, and I ran in, uh, when I upgraded to Babel 6, I think, they made a big change with the way that um, they compiled ESM, and the way that I'd been using it was, like, totally wrong, and all of my stuff was busted, and I'd been teaching people how to use ESM, and I'd been <laughs> teaching it wrong, and I just was like, oh, no, shoot, and so I wrote this blog post. Um, I'll put it in the uh, the links, but um, it was an interop between CommonJS and, and ESM issue there. And uh, yeah, so like it's been a, a long and, and kind of interesting road. Um, but now we have like an official way that CommonJS inter, um, interplays with ESM and vice versa, like how you get um, ESM modules into CommonJS modules and how you import CommonJS modules into ESM modules and stuff like that. It's all well-defined. Seriously, like it has taken a really long time, as you described. But um, I think that uh, the um, Node project has just done a phenomenal job of being very thoughtful about how they they make this work without totally breaking the community and having yeah. like a Python two Python three situation where yeah. you've just got two completely separate communities. Like, does this work in Python three? So um, yeah, so this is uh, this is a good and exciting time. So um, what do you? What do you think are the biggest benefits to using ESM? Why, why couldn't we have just stayed with CommonJS in Node? Yeah, there definitely are some benefits, but I would have been fine using CommonJS, I think. It, was, it, it worked well. We as a community used one format and we compi compiled our things and yeah, that was just really easy. Of course, like it, it's it's a six-year-old format or more, uh, CommonJS, and now we have a more modern format. So there are some new niceties in that new format. Um, but indeed, we are now at this crossroads where we have these two things and how they interrupt is complex. Um, tree shaking is something that's mentioned a lot as a benefit of um, ESM, although... It's not completely true. Um, yeah. you, you can do some tree shaking on CommonJS as well, and you can't perfectly do tree shaking on ESM either. Um, so it's a bit more nuanced. Um, well, I, just the fact that it's all async, that's really, I think, nice. And that's what I noted because um, for folks, uh, uh, so uh, last episode I mentioned that I have a lot of projects. And I think for 30 days now, I've started rewriting projects in ESM. Um, so, so I think I'm like a hundred projects in, um, and wow. it, it just feels <laughs> nice, the format and with the tooling and not having to compile, uh, for it to run in the browser. And yeah, it's just, 
I think it's something that folks need to try out and uh, notice. Yeah, I um, yeah, hundred projects is is a lot, <laughs> but that's your, one one thing that you mentioned that is interesting to me is um, that um, ESM is async, um, and I think let's get a little bit more clarity on that. So when I have an import statement at the top of my file. I don't have to write async code to access that. Um, what you're talking about is loading those modules for like people who are are handling the loading of those modules. That part is async. So yeah, uh, and and you can dive into this a little deeper. But when we're talking about Common JS, uh, when you require a file, you can actually um, kind of slip in between um, that require statement and actually getting the module with some Node APIs. But that code that you write for that, which most people don't write that, but if you're doing something like that, that code has to be synchronous. But what you're saying is with ESM, that code can be async. Is that right? Yes. Um, and that's that's a really a great benefit for, um, um, uh, well, one example is like in uh, Node, you read files from the file system, but on Node, you're uh, in Node, you're on the server, so that's pretty fast and that's fine. But in a browser, like you can read from that server really fast, right? So that takes uh, that's a whole network uh, network request, um, and that that takes some time. So having that be async is really beneficial there. Um, Node doesn't yet allow that import. Uh, oh, and that goes over HTTP, right? Not not a file path or something. It's an HTTP uh, import. Um, Node doesn't have those yet, but um, they, they can be added through this mechanism that you just explained, um, so that also Node uh, could request stuff from it with HTTP URLs. Um, and well, last uh, episode we talked about MDX, so it's also possible to import MDX files in Node and have them be compiled, or um, yeah, a lot of stuff like this. React server components also kind of works like this, so it prevents you from including your uh, server code on the client by throwing an error. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it just, um, this is like, it's called the loader API, right? Where you can add special loaders to Node to say, hey, if you're importing a .mdx file or even like a .png file or whatever, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, you can insert some code to say, here's how you want to handle it. It's almost kind of, I, I think more people would be familiar with a, a Webpack loader or a, a roll-up plugin or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, and this is a super experimental API in Node that's about to change. So it, this definitely hasn't crystallized yet, but the fact that this is all possible with ESM, and there are like a couple of other things going on in the Node project that are super exciting and uh, that are made possible uh, by ESM. Um, yeah, that's super cool, but also very new. Yeah, <laughs> exciting new things made uh, possible by the async nature of loading these. Now, uh, for us regular people who are just writing uh, the imports and stuff, we don't have to care about that. Um, that that all kind of is like implementation details of Node and how it resolves um, modules. Uh, can you touch on some of the, especially since you've been migrating things over, what are some of the biggest differences that you've noticed? Like, um, I'll just mention one, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. It's like, um, one thing that I've noticed is I can't import a module and rely on the package JSON like main uh, to have it uh, resolve to the 
um, to the main file or um, even rely on the dot index of a directory. Um, I think there's like some extra configuration or yeah. flags or something you can use. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so in browsers, ESM is the only thing, right? But on Node with the package.json, there you need to switch either am I in CommonJS or am I in ESM? And you do that by, well, by default, you're in CommonJS. And if you add a type property to your package.json and you set it to the string module, then it becomes a module. There's an alternative way to switch between these things. And that's if you name your files with a .mjs, then it's always a module. And if you call it .cjs, then it's always commonjs. So you, that's how you can mix these. Um, and to be clear, that's um, when you, if you say type module for a package.json, that means every file um, that's a sibling of that package.json as well as any file in directories below it are all going to be assumed to be a type module unless they end a .cgs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but you can also like gradually uh, move to ESM by having your normal CommonJS project and then starting to name some stuff uh, .mjs. Uh, yeah, um, cool. And then there are some differences indeed. So, um, well, in Node, it was you, you were able to import like directory and then it'll, it'll look for, um, or you would be able to import something, require something, and then it'll try a bunch of places. So, okay, is it a directory? Then I'll try index.js and I'll, then I'll try index.json, all these things, very magical. Um, and that's nice. It's a pretty nice experience. But on the other hand, being super explicit is also a nice experience because it's not ambiguous where things are coming from. So by default, ESM is it wants to be explicit. So you need to name your files or uh, use the imports of like those complete paths. But there is a way um, also to do interop between both ESM and uh, CJS. Um, there is a way uh, where you can now mark things, files in your package, in your project as private. And you can define which of those you expose uh, through an exports property with an object um, in your package.json. And it, it's a, there are a lot of possibilities. So one of the things uh, I mentioned earlier that Node is adding, which is pretty cool, is conditions. So you can set, for example, development or production as a condition. And based on that, it could import certain files, like either this one or that one. Um, server components, React server components is another example that is using conditions. So is this running on the server or is this on, as a client? Um, and this is all possible with export maps. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I have looked at that just a little bit. Um, and one thing that I do in lots of my projects is I'll have a um, a couple of like slash import things. So like you can import React testing or testing library React um, slash pure to uh, skip all of the like after each that we add and stuff like that. Um, or uh, in MDX bundler, I have a slash client that you can import for the client side of this stuff. Uh, and to make that work, I have to have a, a file that I put at the root of my project that re-exports what I uh, bundle or what I uh, uh, my build output in the disk directory. 
which I've always hated doing, but it, it works. Um, and so I just keep doing it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with, with package, uh, the package JSON exports, I, I, oh, and the other problem with this um, is just like people can import directly from the disk directory. They can just grab whatever file they want and, yeah. uh, and then they can get- Private APIs that you like yeah. kind of want to change because they're like pretty new and uh, it was only private. So like, yeah. And, and yeah. they, they could have used that and then now you change it and it's breaking everything. And yeah. Yeah, precisely. And and like if they need it, then they can ask me and I, I can like maybe solidify that and then take that into consideration when we make breaking changes and stuff. But yeah, so having this exports just changes all of that and, and doing conditional exports is also very interesting um, for React. I know their main export um, it's just a single file. It's like four lines that says if process node env uh, or process env node env is production, then module exports require this file. Otherwise, this other one um, for their production development mode. So it seems like the the node team um, knows what the community is doing and is making uh, official APIs and and um, configuration for enabling those sorts of use cases. Yeah. Yeah, they're working like really hard and, and they're doing awesome stuff. Yeah, cool. So um, yeah, we've got, um, once you say type module, everything in there is a module unless it ends in .cjs. Um, you can add the exports so you can specify which files people can uh, can import. Um, if And if you don't add the exports, then you just, um, you, like you won't be able to say package slash name of export, you say, package slash name of file, uh, right? Yeah. Is that, that's how that works. And so you can, you could just continue doing what you've always been doing, but um, there is a module property, right? So what is, uh, and maybe is that a Webpack only thing or is that it, like Yeah, a... that's non-standard. That's like a yeah. thing that, well, probably not only Webpack, but um, probably a roll-up as well. Um, so that's, I guess, what, what we had the last years when ESM wasn't ready. It's where, um, you could publish both ESM and or fake ESM and uh, CommonJS, and then folks, your users would either get the module one if they were using Webpack setup to do that, or they were getting the CJS. Um, but that's not like a, a node or NPM thing. Um, that's like a custom Webpack thing. Got it. Yeah. So for for Node specifically, you're going to say type is module, and then if you want to make it so people don't have to uh, go directly to the files that they're importing and, and list out the whole file name, then you have exports. Now there is a way for me to say when somebody's doing just import my module or import this directory, this is the file that they get, right? Is that part of the exports? Um. Yes. I do have a lot of oh, projects that only have one index.js files uh, file, so I'm I'm not too sure about I, whether directory imports work. I haven't checked that out. I think, mm. yeah, no, I don't know. I think you need yeah, to have like full path in your import, so uh, lib index.js or whatever. But yeah, like yeah, said, we we have ESM right, and and you can export many more things from that ESM and you don't need to worry about bundle size um, because the tree shaking is supposed to be better. Um, so you can, in, instead of having like a client and a server entry point, you could also have that in one file um, and, and then folks either import 
server from your thing or client from your thing or indeed with an export mm. map yeah yeah the actually i'll just say i have tried uh some of that where combining server and client files in a, a single uh, directory and that mostly works the biggest problem with that is if um webpack or es build or rollup have been configured for client only then they'll um they do have to go through all of the imports even if that Okay. So let's say I've got a file that's right. doing some server and client stuff, and I have an import that's only necessary for the server stuff. It will resolve that import and all of its dependencies um, before the tree shaking actually happens. Right. And I don't know if yeah. that's a limitation, um, and maybe that's a feature that could be added where it yeah. says, oh, let me check to see what's going to be tree shaken first, and then I'll remove all that stuff, yeah. and then I'll resolve the, what's left. That would be really nice. If anybody listening wants to work on that, <laughs> that literally impacted me like last week. <laughs> so I'd love to get that to not be a problem. Um, I, I know that the, the Remix project is working on sidestepping that by using a special file name convention where you have a, a dot .client or a dot right. .server where you can say, hey, this, this import for this file, if it ends in dot .server or if it ends in dot .client, it's only needed for that. And so you can get rid of it ahead of time. Um, so that right. seems more like a workaround, <laughs> but we'll see where that lands too. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So if I wanted to start using native ESM today, um, what are some of the, the big um, issues I'm going to come across and how do I avoid those problems? Yeah. Interesting. Um, um, I think one thing we haven't discussed yet is that it's really hard to use an ESM project or it's kind of hard to use an ESM project that's only ESM in your CommonJS. But mm. it, the inverse is much easier. So say you have a dependency that updates uh, to ESM and you try to use it in your, in your code, it's going to break. It's not going to work. Um, but on the other hand, if you upgrade your project uh, to ESM, it can use all your CommonJS or ESM uh, dependencies perfectly like that works well um yeah so that's also uh, like of course it takes a lot of time or some time to to migrate your project to to esm and especially right now like this ecosystem is super influx and and stuff is changing and some tools don't support it yet um but say that's stabilizing in one or two months um, then I think it would definitely be a good time to switch. And if some of your dependency like never never updated, that's fine because it's like left bet or something. It's a super stable model a module that never changes. If it's common JS, it'll work fine in your ESM. Um, mm. What are the problems? I guess your question was. What are people gonna run into? Um, yeah. So the ecosystem. Um, Electron currently crashes on an import. Um, so you can't use ESM there. I think they're also gonna switch around uh, April 30. I know Jest is also having some difficulties. Well, you also know that Jest is having some difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Care to elaborate more about your experience? Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's uh, Jest has experimental support. Um, one thing that's not supported at all yet is jest.mock. So if you use any mocking, uh, which makes sense because the way that jest mocking works right now is they have a Babel plugin that um, will insert their special mocking code at the, 
the top of the module before your uh, require statements because your imports are turned to require. And so they can hook into the module system before anything's resolved. Um, but because now we're using native ESM, they can't do that. Um, they, they can't make any of your code execute before the imports happen. I um, think because it's right away possible with those new node loaders that we just started. Yeah, and that's, that's what they're working on. That I think, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're working on that now. Um, but uh, the, the real problem comes in when you try to combine Jest with uh, native ESM and TypeScript. Uh, and that right now, the biggest problem there is uh, the way that you integrate a, a common JS module with a um, ESM module is by doing a dynamic import. So if I if I'm trying to import a uh, ESM module like XDM, for example, <laughs> that's the example. <laughs> um, then I do a dynamic import, and that's that's fine because the function that I'm using it in is async anyway. So I just async await this um, XDM package, and I get um, all the exports out of it. Um, but the problem is that if I'm using TypeScript, um, then I'm going to compile uh, that down to a require statement, which uh, does not work. So you cannot require a native ESM. And so then you can say, okay, well, TypeScript, I don't want you to uh, to compile any imports or exports. Um, but then Node is, and, and then you say, okay, just let's use native ESM. Uh, like, let's use these flags that you need uh, to use native ESM. Um, but then Node is not happy because um, you're using um, ESM in a file that ends in .ts. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you can't do that. Uh, you can only uh, use uh, .js. Um, right, because you're in a CommonJS project, right? And you want to use an ESM project. Yes, yes. And so right. I guess at the end of all of this, I'd say um, the easiest path forward is to convert your project to ESM first. <laughs> And, and then you'll be able to, to make it work a lot better. I'm still working through the best approach to solving this problem uh, and whether uh, TypeScript is going to, to work nicely if I uh, use the right combination of, of configurations and things. Um, but yes, this is, I, I really believe that um, the best way forward is a clean break and just say, okay, we're, we're native ESM and let's, let's figure this out now. Um, rather than just trying to make it work for both, let's just say, nope, if you want to use the, the old version that was CJS, that's fine, but we're only ESM now, um, which I think is what you've been doing for lots of your projects. Um, I'm making the clean break, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, I, like, we uh, had a couple of Twitter conversations about this publicly. Um, also, I, I've had a couple of issues, and some people are really angry that, things are changing. And I guess that's always the case, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> it was working perfectly. Why change everything? And and that's valid. Um, and then there are also people that are super hopeful that we'll get like a new boom of cool tools and, and, and uh, like not having to deal with all the legacy that we used to have, but like indeed that clean break. Um, so a lot of emotions, I guess, and a lot of feelings, and it's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm confident that uh, things are going to be better um, with native ESM. Uh, things will hopefully work better with the browser, um, and uh, and yeah, just in general, I, I think that ESM is is a better path forward. And and yeah. 
the whether you're happy or not about uh, ESM versus CGS and you're like, CGS is fine or whatever, um, whether you're happy with that or not is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're happy. With, uh, the fact is that we've got them and what's the best path forward. And I, I think the best path, path forward is just let's do a clean break, move forward with what we have and uh, and make the most of, of this. Right. So um, we've, we've actually got quite a few um, links here in the show notes. Um, there, there's one um, for uh, a blog post by Sindre Soros about, uh, it's titled Get Ready for ESM. Um, and this was actually my first realization that, oh, ESM is like coming and pra- package authors are going to start only supporting ESM. Um, yeah. and, and this is what you've been doing. Can you yeah. uh, kind of talk about a, a little bit more on why you and other package authors are, are deciding why to do this? Why one and not both? Yeah. <laughs> um, because we... Well, it depends, but we maintain, Sindra and me, maintain lots of projects. And it's just a lot to maintain different module systems. And like my early packages used to be uh, Node, but also Bauer.js and also Component.js. So we had like not just one package at JSON, but we had like three of them and we had like browser bundles in them. And it, it's just a lot to maintain. Plus the interrupt doesn't work perfectly. So there are cases where... So you have a module, right? And it supports both ESM or CommonJS, but then one, but those two are used by two different projects and those two are using your project. And one is using the ESM, one is using the CommonJS version. It's getting two, uh, it's just two copies, which is a lot of weight, mm. right? But it's also those objects are the same, uh, not the same. So you I'm have not like sure. an array in one and an array in a, diff- a different one and they're different classes. Um, so so there are like these de- deadlock convers- uh, 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 problems that are Yeah, that's a, I hadn't thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. And um, there's also, because we had so long of this faux uh, ESM that Babel and, and Webpack allowed, which is also really useful, but it also um, means that there were some bugs in them that worked differently in Node and in browsers. So they had one version and now they're a different one. Um, so I also tried publishing one that had dual support, but then a bunch of people are, are using Create React App, which is using Webpack 4, which, so this broke everyone. Um, yeah, so I don't have the best experience there. And I also don't want to maintain a, yeah, a, a complex build steps, etc. I just want to write JavaScript and help developers develop. And yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a good uh, good call there. I, I didn't even realize some of those issues. So um, this is why I I typically try to trust people who have experience <laughs> with stuff because they they normally have a, a good reason to back up their uh, their opinions and decisions. <laughs> Cool. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up about ESM, native ESM, that, um, before we wrap this up and give people their homework? It's going to be really cool. It's going to be a bright, new, brave, awesome, cool world. Uh, ESM only. Yeah. Ready for it. Yeah. I'm ready too. Very cool. Uh, all right. So our call to action. Um, I, I've actually written a blog post titled Super Simple Start to ESM, ES Modules in the Browser. This is actually written um, already. 
Um, but I'm also going to write another blog post called Super Simple Start to ES Modules in Node.js. And so our homework for you is to follow along with um, one of those blog posts. Um, mostly, we were focused on Node in this episode. And so I, I think I'd recommend uh, trying that out for Node. Um, and uh, just to give yourself some exposure to that and explore the idea of moving native, uh, moving to native ESM for your stuff. Um, anything to add with that, Titus? No. Yeah, and uh, like I'm not 100% when this episode will air. So I'll, I just hope uh, like the tools will be more ready then. And yeah, I hope this episode also ages well. Like maybe it's just everything went perfect and like, we're there already. We'll see. And it'll be a fun one for the history books anyway. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> cool. Hey, thank you, Titus. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Um, what's, uh, remind us again the best place to get in touch with you. Um, at W-O-O-O-R-M. So that's worm, triple O, on GitHub or Twitter. If you don't like my tweets, that's fine. Um, yeah, there. Thanks cool. for having me. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you all later.